Hi everyone and welcome to this week's very special bonus episode of Temporary Admission. Now, since everyone seemingly has been enjoying our recent episode with Sculpture in the City, which explored which public artworks you can go and see right now, we thought we'd continue with the theme and this week we're going to be chatting with Gallery Director James Mayer from the Mayer Gallery and John Martin, founding Gallery Director of Mayfair Art Weekend and Director of his own gallery, John Martin Gallery, to find out what's in store for this month's Mayfair Art Weekend. John, James, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. But John, why don't you kick things off and tell us a little bit more about yourself and how it was that you got involved with Mayfair Art Weekend. Oh, well, I I opened my gallery here in Albemarle Street actually about 30 years ago, not half as long, not even a quarter as long as James Mayer's family had their gallery in Court Street. But we're sort of celebrating that this year. And, um, you know, it's something that I'd always wanted to do since being a teenager was to run a gallery. And actually in 92 was that unique moment of huge sort of financial uh, crisis and an awful lot of empty shops. So um, at 24, I was allowed to, I found a, a landlord um, willing to let me have a space. And so so I kind of began and, and was really, I'd worked for another gallery for a year before, but really I was just working my way through um, all the mistakes that anyone would make. And um, probably for the you know first five years, it was sort of developing a program ad hoc. I mean, now people come open galleries with much more, or they have to open a much more sophisticated, clear-cut program. But then it was, you know, I suppose it was less important. We were starting off dealing in, in, in 19th century, early 20th century pictures. And then, you know, my interest was always with contemporary artists. And gradually I started introducing some shows, some new artists uh, in the gallery few at a time um but uh, you know we never really looked back after that and where did the idea for mayfair art weekend even come from during that time and this is really how mayfair art weekend came to be and i think it was uh, a lot of other fellow gallery owners were probably feeling something similar you know the art market is always changing it's incredibly fluid uh, i think when i began there was one art fair in london uh, London, uh, it was called Art, whatever the year was, so it would be Art 2000 or Art 99. We didn't have freeze. Uh, London wasn't particularly a, a major international contemporary art city at the time. It was really only when Tate Modern came along and then freeze and that suddenly that whole market exploded. Um, and galleries had to become a bit more internationally focused. But you know, it, at the heart of the British art market has been Mayfair. And, you know, Mayfair has seen so many uh, changes in taste, in the art market itself. And I think one of the things that happened in the 2012 to 14 was the huge pressure on galleries from the fashion world to take space. And suddenly rents were going steaming upwards. Mixed with that, the need for galleries to be have more of an international presence, to do a lot of fairs around the world the whole time. And galleries were getting really quite expensive. And landlords were very keen to actually bring in more fashion houses. 
so a, a few of the galleries got together and we used to meet at Brown's for kind of informal breakfast just to chat about what we could do about these rising rents, which were, you know, doubling people's rents uh, in a single go, which is pretty alarming. <laughs> Slightly ironic given the situation with inflation and rising rents right now. But how did you feel or how was Mayfair Art Weekend going to tackle, you know, the rising rents and making galleries arguably slightly more relevant, I guess you'd say, within Mayfair? But one of the kind of clear things we had to do if we were going to get public support and awareness of Mayfair and the art, the incredible diverse uh, galleries uh, on offer in, in Mayfair was to kind of make sure that the public could come in. You know, that was what was sort of lacking. If you go to a New York to Chelsea in New York on a Saturday afternoon, the galleries are rammed with the public. The same thing isn't the case in, in Mayfair. I mean, there are over 200 galleries in this little district and they show everything from some of the most, you know, from emerging contemporary artists where you'll see things for the first time to incredible old master paintings. It's all there. And if you know where to go, it's all free. It's fantastic. It's an incredible offering to anyone interested in art. I think that's exactly it. People just don't realise what art is on their doorstep and you know how they can see it. I think people automatically assume that all these galleries in Mayfair are you know elusive spaces that they can't go to, and that's just not the case. I think it was Johnny Messam who came up with the idea: let's let's do an art weekend. Let's make a kind of festival of it. Let's not just target our collectors and let's make it just open our doors so that anyone you know families students artists felt comfortable about wandering through galleries and could chat to the owners and could see what's here um i think the visitor response was amazing people loved it you know it was a it was as as johnny said he wanted it to be a festival we had balloons hanging up there were stickers people um showing people around with, uh, you know, guiding people on routes, wearing bright T-shirts. So it was kind of easy and visible and friendly. And I think I think it made a huge difference to how the public see uh, an art world that is often portrayed as being a little bit aloof and stuffy and closed doors. Um, these were the doors were, were really flung open and I think people really enjoyed it. And I guess this is the perfect time to bring in James from the Mayor Gallery. James, do you want to maybe start by telling us a little bit more about yourself and the gallery? My name's James Mayer, and I'm the managing director of the Mayer Gallery, which I've been since the beginning of 1973, following my father's death, who originally started the gallery in 1925. We were the first gallery in Cork Street, first in 1925 for a very short time, and then back in 1933. And in the 30s, Cork Street was the centre of modern art in England with my father, Redfern, uh, the London Gallery, Peggy guggenheim Jern, amongst others. My father then didn't come back to Cork Street. When the war came, he joined up and then went to Brook Street and South Milton Street. And we returned to Cork Street in, I think, 1976 by which time Cork Street was still thriving. And you say still thriving. Has Cork Street always been kind of a centre of arts within London or has that kind of changed as the gallery has evolved and grown as well? 
it sort of suffered from two major developments on either side of the uh, street, which reduced the galleries immensely. And now they're slowly coming back. And I know before, obviously, you returned to London, you spent some time in New York. Would you say that's maybe influenced the artists that you've chosen to show within the gallery? Well, when I came back to England at the beginning of 73, I had been working in living and working in New York. My last job had been there. I started the contemporary auctions at what was then Park Burnett, but which was in fact Sotheby's. Uh, when I was there with most of the pop artists and things, so Warhol, Lichtenstein, Rosenquist, Oldenburg, you know, so I started showing them as nobody had shown them. The only person slightly shown them was Robert Fraser, who'd um, left the scene in 1968 so it was an open field and then we also were the first people to show Agnes Martin in in Europe and England, Eva Hess, Chamberlain and a whole host of others and then the prices crept up and as we basically like to own the stock and buy the stock it was becoming prohibitive. So we moved slightly to the European Nouveau Realism, which was the sort of French pop art. And then from there, we moved on to Zero and other people. Then more recently, we got involved with concrete art from um, South America and East. what was Eastern European. I think we now have to call it Central European art of the sort of 60s and 70s. Wow, that's quite a mix. We like to try and show people things that they haven't seen or might not have seen. And at the moment, we have an extraordinary show of Billy Apple, who we first showed about 10, 12 years ago. He, he was originally from New Zealand, came to London in 1960 and went to the Royal College. His contemporary was... Um, David Hockney, amongst others. And then in 1964, he went to New York. He he had been planning to do a show with neon lights of rainbows in England in 1964 with Robert Fraser. And this even flummoxed Robert. So Billy packed his bags and went to America. And this show we have was shown mostly these works all these works were the majority of a show he had at Paul Bianchini in 1965 and these works they've been in crates ever since then and it's quite a remarkable show especially when you think this is what was being done then and it's still pretty outrageous now and I should just add this is the show that's going to be on during Mayfair Art Weekend so the 24th to the 26th of June um, but James, could you maybe, one of the issues I guess we have with the podcast is that it's very hard to sometimes picture the work. So you're able to maybe paint a picture or describe the works a little bit more for us as well. They're neon rainbow. So they're the colours of the rainbow, which when put together becomes white, which is rather surprising to most. And he, he created all the colours himself using different minerals and um, gases and so it, it's quite—it's very beautiful, and um, I suppose with the rainbow now being an LGBT symbol, it's become rather more poignant than it was then. 
Wow, I can't quite get my head around that with all the colours turning white when you put them together. It's not what I would have expected. It's extraordinary. Yeah, it definitely it sounds like it. But I'm also interested, James, you touched on the point around the gallery and the works you showed and how they had changed and obviously the evolution of Cork Street as well since you've you know moved from gallery space to gallery space. But John, from your side, how has Mayfair Art Weekend changed since it started? Have you still got the same galleries taking part or more galleries taking part even? Funnily enough, it's actually fewer galleries are doing that. But it's because the sort of geography has shrunk a bit. It's more manageable. I think that it works most effectively when it's in a really concentrated area. So in fact, having 30 to 40 galleries, which we have now, is, is actually much more user-friendly because you can see everything. I think when it was 100 galleries spread really across a large area of Mayfair, it was completely overwhelming. Um, you could only pick off a tiny bit of this in a day and not even in a weekend would you make it to everything. So yeah, it's got a bit smaller. I think that the galleries have learnt what to do, that talks. I think we're more aware of how well-informed visitors are, actually. People want to really have a chat to the people in the galleries, whether they're artists or, or um, you know, potential people who are thinking about collecting art or, or whatever. And I think that those conversations we have um, with people for the first time are, are really useful for, for everyone. And as you said, it makes them want to come back. We, we become a little destination, a friendly destination on their map of Mayfair. I think that's definitely it. Once people realise that they've got all these fantastic galleries literally on their doorstep or you know, no, matter, no matter where you live in London you can get to Mayfair relatively easily on the tube or, or the overground etc so I think once people realise that they can go to these galleries I think you know they then start to, to keep going which is probably or, or most certainly the point of something like Mayfair, Mayfair Art Weekend is to really keep the public engaged. It's lovely to see people coming back for private views and regularly during the year and um, they become friends. I mean, it's one lovely visitor who, who brings me a box of Quality Street every year for Christmas just because she likes coming to the shows. Well, I don't think you could go wrong with a box of Quality Streets, can you? But John, I know you've just touched on the importance of obviously Mayfair Art Weekend and inspiring people and really getting people out and about back into London after COVID, for example. But James, from your point of view, how important is something like Mayfair Art Weekend to the galleries within Mayfair? Well, I think it's a great thing. I think it's terribly sad that there's not enough press or um, acknowledgement for what galleries do. You know, the galleries are supplying an extraordinary cross-section of art, of all cultures and mediums, free. And the press tends to only write about three or four galleries the same thing which is possibly not the most exciting things that are going on so i think it, it's amazing this mayfair weekend and i think that the the organized tours are terrific and i really recommend anybody to go on them and to come around and, and not be frightened you know i know that some galleries appear to be rather hostile which isn't really the truth, but but it you know it is it's a fantastic opportunity for people to have a, a very interesting and hopefully they learn something from it. You know, 
if you don't if you go to an exhibition and you don't learn anything from it it's a bad exhibition yeah with mayfair art weekend coming up it's just such a good opportunity to be able to go and see these galleries in an environment that is probably you know going to be the most friendly and accepting environment that you could go to these galleries in and that's not to say that they aren't friendly and inviting at any other time but this is definitely the time to dip your toe in the water if you if you're a little bit nervous in the first place well i absolutely i entirely agree with you you know and some galleries are more um user friendly than others and you know you can only find out which is which by going to them exactly and you know James, we've spoken about the exhibition at the, you know, the Mayor Gallery, but John, I'm interested from your side, what's going on at John Martin Gallery during Mayfair Art Weekend? We've thrown everything at this Mayfair Art Weekend. It is our biggest exhibition we've ever done. The reason being, as I said, it's our 30th anniversary. So I couldn't really skip any artist that we've shown over 30 years. So that's a, you know, if I look, that's certainly over 200 exhibitions we've put on. And um, I've tried to get most of the artists, um, some uh, obviously no longer with us, and I've got work from them or their families. But um, I've got so much work that I think we're going to have to hang it like a kind of 19th century salon, uh, you know, with paintings floor to ceiling. Anyway, so that I imagine will be an unusual look for a contemporary gallery, but I hope people will enjoy it and find things they, they, they like. Wow, that almost seems like a mini version of the summer exhibition in, in some ways. I think one thing we haven't kind of had a chat about, and I think it's definitely worth doing so, is the Mayfair Sculpture Trail and, you know, how important that is as a part of Mayfair Art Weekend, because that's a relatively new part of Mayfair Art Weekend in, in some senses. And I know last year, John, you presented the William Pierce sculpture as, as part of that trail. How important would you say this Mayfair Sculpture Trail is to, to Mayfair Art Weekend and, and what exactly is it? Yeah, I think the Sculpture Trail is fantastic because it's another way of exploring Mayfair and actually coming across little squares and, and places, oases in, in, in the middle of Mayfair is rather nice as well. But um, for us, it was fantastic because we're on the first floor and we really struggle to um, exhibit you know, large scale sculpture. And William Pierce had done this incredible uh, marble uh, head and shoulders of a, an imagined person. He'd worked on it through lockdown and it really was phenomenal. Um, and there was simply no way we could get half a ton of marble up our first floor. So the Mayfair Sculpture Trail offered us an amazing opportunity to show it in, you know, in Grosvenor Square. And it looked fantastic there. It was, you know, it was lovely wandering through in the summer and seeing people sitting around it having picnics. It was, it was meant a lot to the artist as well that it was in a public space, not a private space. Um, so again, it's another way of understanding the richness of Mayfair's galleries and that they're all around you. You just got to feel brave enough to go in, knock on the door, ring the bell, go and chat to the people inside. Uh, you know, even after after the pandemic, and and with people, more people working from home. I think the galleries, and, and don't forget that it's the artists that rely on the galleries for their living and for exhibiting their work. 
without visitors, um, there's really very little point. You know, the 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 the, the danger is that um, business and the whole experience goes increasingly online, which would be a tragedy for Mayfair, and I think a a, a very sad. Um, a moment for artists. I think it will stop a lot of creativity. And that's exactly it as well, because, you know, these virtual viewing rooms and everything that have, has been popping up over the last few years that are great in some senses, because, you know, you don't have to, to go and, you know, travel to all these art fairs and have a huge carbon footprint. At the same time, you know, they're not hugely accessible, especially if they're the invite-only viewing rooms. And it really makes it hard for you know someone to go and see art within the physical space and experience it and enjoy it if they haven't been invited to do so and I think like you say that would that would be a real shame and I think also one of the benefits of something like the sculpture trail is it highlights the sculptures that are actually already there in and around London that you perhaps haven't even spotted or didn't know anything about I mean I remember um I was on a one of the tours for the Mayfair Sculpture Trail last year and someone pointed out the Henry Moore sculptures above Hermes on New Bond Street. And I'm pretty sure 99% of my friendship group wouldn't know that, that they're even there. And then you've got Elizabeth Frink's horse and rider sculpture outside Ralph Lauren as well. It's a very good point, actually, because that for, for well, certainly when in the 90s, and I think it had been put up in the earlier, maybe 15 years before that, that was down on the corner of Dover Street. And it was a bit of a sad spot for it. It was a bit, uh, you know, didn't get very much sunshine on it. And sculptures really do benefit from changing light. And um, it was quite high up on a podium. It was a little bit intimidating. It's a beautiful sculpture. And uh, that got moved. And suddenly people who had probably been walking past it for decades and hadn't really noticed it, suddenly saw it in a new light. And it looked fabulous. Yeah, there's just so much hidden art within London that I think people just don't even know about. But honestly, thank you both for taking the time to chat with us today. I think it's been really interesting. Not at all. Well, thank you for inviting me. Thanks, James. No problem. And hopefully a lot of our listeners, those based in London, will be able to you know, take part in Mayfair Art Weekend this year. So for a recap, Mayfair Art Weekend is happening this June on the 24th to the 26th of June. It's the ninth edition. And... For more details, do make sure to check out the Mayfair Art Weekend website, which will give you all the details that you need to have an absolutely fantastic art-filled weekend. Make sure to tune in next week, where we'll be chatting again with the Royal Academy to find out everything you need to know about their summer exhibition. Until then, stay safe. Speak soon. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. 
Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.